0: This message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us, and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hope Church. If we have not yet met, my name is Mark. I am the pastor here, and I am thrilled beyond measure to see you, and I know we have quite a few people worshiping with us online this morning. Welcome. We are glad that you are joining with us. We have a lot of illness going on in our church and in our community right now, so mega prayers for people, mega prayers for people. And so anyway, uh, we are in our second installment of our February message series entitled, Sorry, Learning to Forgive. Last week when we talked about... Uh, Forgiveness, what it is, what it is not. Hopefully there were some uh, revelations, some uh, insights that you were able to garner, develop, about how forgiveness works in our life. The primary takeaway that I want to just mention from last week... Uh, and I'll say this, it's also a good time if you have not done so already to pull out your Hope Church Plus app or the follow-along notes that are inside your worship guide. Uh, But the whole idea about forgiveness is it has to, when we are wronged or when we are the wronger, that's not the right word, but when we are the one in the wrong, when we are wronged or the one in the wrong, there you go, uh, we always need to go to God first. Always go to God. And filter, so to speak, the emotions, the energy that we have that causes us to feel uh, perhaps uh, wronged or injured or wounded. We need to filter that with, for, and through God before we go to the other person. And what we see in this is because God forgave us of the sins that we've committed and that we are committing, and that we will commit. So our forgiveness is complete and total, but there are times we constantly have to come back to the reality that we all need to be forgiven, and we also need to forgive. And so last week we really got kind of an overview about what forgiveness is versus what it is not, and today we're gonna go a little bit more deeply into the idea of how forgiveness works in our lives. And that's why we are talking this morning about repentance. Repentance. Now, the word repentance sounds like a real churchy word, doesn't it? In fact, some people may feel like it, it sounds even judgy. Does anyone ever have a thought that that word repent sounds kind of churchy or kind of judgy? Uh, it, it, it does to me, I'm just being, being honest with you. But it comes from the Greek word, which means to literally change your mind. That's what repentance means. It comes from the Greek word that means to change your mind. Doesn't sound so judgy, does it? Doesn't sound so churchy? We always change our mind on things. Like, for instance, when we get ready for the Super Bowl tonight, we're having a family party, Have family in from out of town. Uh, I really wanted to do a buffalo chicken dip. But I changed my mind because Tiffany wants to do charcuterie. And that's really gonna be a whole lot better for me than filling my gullet with uh, cream cheese and ranch and uh, buffalo wing sauce. No, honey, I'm changing my mind again. I don't know what i <laughs> um, Maybe I'll smoke it, but yeah, anyway. All right, so I'm, I'm changing my mind. See, all that was really just uh, an illustration about how this works. We constantly hear change in our mind, right? We constantly change our mind. And when we think about repentance, it change, we are to change our mind about the way that we see the world, the way that we understand how life works and our relationship with God. Somebody asked me a week or so ago if I had felt like my calling to ministry has been updated. And I answered affirmatively, Now, I've always had this basic mission statement. My personal mission statement is to help people connect the presence and activity of God in everyday life. That's why I like to use things like movie clips, which you're going to do in a few minutes, right? Ways that we can see the world. But what is happening in my spirit right now, the way that God is moving in me, and I hope in the church, is I feel like God is calling me to preach and to teach about seeing the world through a biblical lens to develop a more biblical world view and all of these things help us when we think about changing our mind so that we are no longer looking at the world through a lens or a filter of self but a lens or a filter so to speak of God and God's grace God's mercy God's forgiveness, that means we have to repent and change our mind. This is how the power of salvation begins to work and move in our lives. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. I'm sorry. Yeah, chapter 12, verse 2. We see, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, when we see that word perfect, it's talking about intention of love right? And so when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he's talking about how we need to be transformed by renewing our mind, which comes from that word repentance, right? And so when we are changing our mind in the way that we are looking at and viewing the world, what we are seeking to do is to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, Again, talking about that motivation, that intention, intentionality, that we're going to look at the world from God's point of view and how God has saved us because he loves us and would rather have taken the nails on the cross than to deal with the thought that you would not be in eternity with him. And so this is where the idea of repenting for our sins comes from because sin is what separates us in our relationship with God. Sin... are. Those offenses that we commit sometimes intentionally or accidentally or even obliviously. Sin is the stuff that gets in between us and God. And therefore, when we change our mind... What we are seeking to do as we're testing what is good and acceptable and perfect is we also now need to change our behavior, which is where we get our next point. This change of our mind requires us to live out our beliefs in our behavior. This change, changing our mind, requires us to live out our beliefs in our behavior, to put what we know into action. You ever heard that old saying that people don't always care how much you know until they know how much you care? This is essentially what God is asking of you and me and all of those who follow Jesus. To put our knowledge of God's saving love into action. Where God comes in and removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. Does that mean that we are perfect? Say no. No, of course not. It doesn't mean we're perfect. But what it does mean is that we now have a renewed intention and motivation by which we are seeking to interact with God and other people in the rest of the world. And so we have to put that belief that God loves us and saves us from our sins and deploys us out into the world to help other people connect that presence and activity of God in their lives. This has to be shown in our behavior. Otherwise, what is it that we are showing people by the way that we live if we do not live congruently with what it is that we say that we believe? And therefore, our Bible verse that goes with this point comes from Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Bear fruit in keeping with what? repentance this is jesus saying you need to live based on what it is that you say you believe the actions that you make and take the words that you speak the prayers that you lift needs to be in keeping with repentance In keeping with repentance what is it again that repentance means To change your mind and to quit trying to see the world through the lens of self or whatever it is that you might obsess over or find yourself addicted to, but to see the world through the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ to discern what is good and acceptable and perfect again. Stating, it's not about never making any mistakes, but it's about having the right intention and motivation to love as God loves us. When the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruit of the Spirit, the very first one that he mentioned was, you know, it rhymes with dove or glove, yeah? Love, right? Love. Love to put that motivation of love back out into the world because God loves us and forgives us of our sins, removing the things that separate us from him so that we can be brought back into that good and acceptable and perfect relationship. The world looks at people who do not believe in Jesus, looks at those who do, and think that we think that we're perfect. That's not true, is it? Yes, I might, but the reality is, is that we know that we need to be in church, we need to be in worship, we need to be in service, we need to be studying the Bible because of how imperfect we are. It is like sharpening a knife, so to speak, or tool, so that we can make sure that we are living out a call to love as God loves us, with our intentions and our motivations perfected, so that we are reflecting who it is that God is and what God wants for us. And so our next point begins to make it even a little bit more personal is it says that no one is excluded from Jesus's demand to repent. No one is excluded from Jesus's demand to repent. In fact, repentance is the first demand of Jesus's public ministry. Did you know that? That was his first call out to people when he began his public ministry. We see this in Luke chapter 5, verse 32. Jesus said, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. This gets into that idea of the motivation and the intention. Jesus said, I've come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and they need to repent. Let's break that down really quickly. First of all, what do you think Jesus is saying when he says, I came not to call those who think they are righteous? What do you think Jesus is saying there? They think they've already made it. That's exactly right. He was speaking specifically about the religious leaders and elite. who said, I've got it all figured out. I don't have to worry about changing my mind. And what they ended up doing, of course, nailing Jesus to the cross, but making so much about the expression of religion and a relationship with God about themselves. And Jesus says, no, if you think that you've got it all figured out, that's the moment that you should realize you do not. And so then he goes on to say... I have come to call those who know they are sinners and those who need to repent. Does anyone in here know they're a sinner? I do. Is there anyone in here who needs to repent? Absolutely. We all have fallen short of God's glory. We all have this sin in our lives, whether it's intentional, accidental, or we're oblivious to it altogether. We all have sin in our lives and need to repent, to ask God for forgiveness, and ask God to help us see the world through his eyes as opposed to our own. We all have a need to repent to recognize that we have gotten it wrong. That we have either done so trying to protect our skin, trying to protect a lie, or maybe just nefariously thinking, I have no reason to ask for forgiveness. I have no reason to think that I have made a mistake intentionally, accidentally, or have done so obliviously. Twenty-some-odd years ago, there was a movie that came out called Mean Girls. Y'all know the movie Mean Girls? It's kind of having a resurgence right now, and uh, it's really interesting how that movie plays out in speaking to and talking about repentance. Now, they created, the girls, the Mean Girls, created this thing they knew as the burn book, right? And where they were constantly putting down insults about other people in the school, including teachers and administrators. And the teachers and the administrators were trying to figure out who it was that came up with and created the the Burn book. And Katie, who was played by Lindsay Lohan in the the original movie, uh, what Katie is trying to do is trying to kind of walk that line between fitting in with the popular mean girls and living more authentically to herself. And there is great... Content in that movie about repentance. The clip that we're going to watch this morning is coming toward the end of the film where she comes to that realization that where she once thought that she was doing the right thing, she needed to repent, to seek forgiveness, but also to seek a change in her mind, a change in the way that she looked at the world, and a change in the way that she related to the others in the school with her. Peers teachers, administrators, and staff. And so we're going to watch this clip, and while we do, I want you to think about what we've talked about so far, or maybe something that has transpired in your life, where you recognize that God is calling you to recognize the sin in your life, to seek forgiveness of it and from it, and to change the way that you're going to engage and interact with the world as a result, okay? So let's watch our clip from Mean Girls. Uh, on the screen. The school board felt that it was best that we investigate every claim made in this uh, burn book. That book was written by a bunch of stupid girls who make up rumors because they're bored with their own lame lives. Well, unless someone wants to come forward and say I made it all up, this is how we have to handle it. To say that someone... Oh no. Bye, Aaron. You're gonna hate me forever. Mr. Duval. I wrote it. monkey when you get bit by a snake you're supposed to suck the poison out that's what I had to do suck all the poison out of my life I started with Regina who was living proof that the more people are scared of you the more flowers you get then there was Miss Norbury who is living proof that no good deed goes unpunished Oh, hi. Did you want to buy some drugs? I'm just done with my quiz. Wait, I'll grade it right now. I gotta say, watching the police search my house really was the cherry on top of a fantastic year. How much trouble did you get in for telling the truth? A lot. Well, you didn't write that whole book yourself. Did you tell Mr. Duvall who else did it? No, because I'm trying this new thing where I don't talk about people buying their backs. That's all right. Getting hit by a bus is pretty good punishment. 94. Welcome back, nerd. Thanks. Anyway. I'm sorry. I forgive you. But as my own personal form of punishment, I figured out how you're gonna earn that extra credit. What's up? <laughs> So you see the progression there, the recognition that she had behaved poorly, acknowledging the impact that it had on other people, even though she was solely not the one responsible for the burn book and the problems that it created. But what we see is that need to try to make it right. Now, this will play into next week's message when Pastor Brent talks about justice, making it Right. Uh, But as we look at it right here and right now, I want us to think about that idea of what true repentance is, what true repentance is. Now, there was an allusion, A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N, allusion in that clip that talked about when you're bitten by a snake and sucking out the poison. Now, that has some really neat connotations when we think about Scripture, because if you go back into the Exodus journey, there was a plague of snakes that had uh, fallen upon the Israelites on their journey. And Moses lifted his staff, and all those who gazed upon it found that they were healed and delivered from the plague of the snake bites. Jesus later references this event and this encounter when he talks about those who gaze upon the son of man as the one who was lifted up will have their sins forgiven and will find salvation. And so what we see here when we look at true repentance is all of us have been snakes or been bitten by snakes and we need to gaze upon the spectacle that is The crucifixion of Jesus Christ that removes our sin from us as far as the east is from from the west. And when Jesus' dead body was placed in the tomb, he got marched up out of there on that Sunday morning, leaving all of our junk behind. We need to gaze upon the crucified Christ who gives us the salvation that we need to enable us to change our mind and to change our lives. By recognizing that we are sinners in need of salvation and the grace that we get by God. So let's look at our uh, four points of what true repentance is. looks like we're having some issues with the screen or the projector, Uh, but if you're using your follow-along notes, uh, true repentance, first of all, it involves awareness of one's own sinfulness. True repentance involves awareness of one's own sinfulness. I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God. I have made mistakes, whether they were intentional, accidental, or I was just completely oblivious to it. I've done wrong. I need to make it right. When we acknowledge this, and we turn to Jesus, and we gaze upon him as the one who removes our sin from us, it makes God's mercy for us in Jesus personal. Like the lyric in the wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a perfect righteous person like me, right? No. A wretch. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Jesus would teach stories and tell parables about this, about how people who have so much to be forgiven experience God's grace and God's mercy in such personal and profound ways. And when we recognize that that is made personal for us, it must change our attitude toward sin. It's got to change our attitude toward sin. It is easy and quite the slippery slope for the jesus follower to begin to think that you can reconcile or rationalize or justify sin in your life because god's going to forgive me in fact god's already forgiven me so why don't i just pop that pill go to that establishment look at that web page drink that bottle taking god's grace for granted But it's God's grace that sent Jesus to the cross to remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. So you've got to have a change in your mind about the threat of sin in your life. Those that are intentional, those that are accidental, and those by which you are just completely oblivious. It must change your attitude towards sin. And when you change your attitude towards sin, it results in a new commitment to God because of how much God has forgiven in your life and how much God loves you. That in spite of the junk and the messes that you've made, the misses and the mistakes, God loves you so much that he offered his one and only son, Jesus, as the sacrifice to pay for your sins. The great Christian apologist, C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, is one of the many things he wrote. He pointed out once that if there was only one person in the world who had sin that would have separated them from God, Jesus would have done the exact same thing. If you were the only person in this world who was committed a sin, done something to damage your relationship with God, others, or your own personal sense of salvation, Jesus would have died for you alone. Friends, it's intensely personal. This love that God has for you, for me, and for all the world, it is intensely personal. And so, we need to follow through with that pattern again. Being aware of the sin in your life. To recognize that God's mercy in Jesus for you is intensely and intimately personal. Those things that God knows about you that no one else in this world does. Jesus died for that. Jesus died for that stuff so that it need not separate you from God. And when you've been forgiven... It needs to change your attitude towards sin. It needs to change your attitude toward the problems that you've committed and how much mercy God has bestowed upon you so that you can find a brand new commitment to God. God's word, God's will, and God's way. Friends, we can't afford to wait on this. I remember a youth pastor I had he went through a series when we were kids talking about some of the bad messages in rock music. That was back in the 80s and the 90s when a lot of that was really hot. Brent and I talked about that every now and then uh, in the office. But uh, one of the songs that he pulled out and pointed out to us was Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Right? He says, there's still time to change the road you're on. Well, that might be true. But why wait? Why wait to get right with God? To acknowledge your sinfulness? To make God's sacrifice for you intimately and intensely personal? To change your attitude towards sin and the things that you do that dishonor God and violate the commandment and the relationship that God has for us to find a new commitment to God. Jesus said at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 15. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. What's the message? That you receive salvation through the forgiveness of sins. It is forgiveness that makes it possible for you to be saved. Not if you have perfect attendance in church or not, Or what, six, seven weeks anybody's Anybody still have a perfect attendance, Another couple. Not if you've given the tithe and beyond. Not if you knew how many Ks are in the name Habakkuk. None of that. The only thing that matters in your salvation is to receive the forgiveness of God and to allow that to change your life and to believe that message. We want to make it more difficult than that. Please, just give me a really difficult quadratic equation or something that I could solve. And then Laura Dickerson says, like, "Oh yes, please, right?" Laura in here? Yeah, there she is. That's here. Yeah. Or for me, is you know, let me write a um, you know a long 25-page theological systematic theology paper on you know whatever. No, it's not that. It's not going undefeated in a sports season or anything else. It's knowing that you are a sinner in need of salvation, Jesus came to die for your sins and to deploy you back out into the world with a new lease on life, changing the way that you think about the world and God's love because it is intensely and intimately personal. Do not wait. Jesus said at the beginning of his earthly ministry, as we see here in the Gospel of Mark, the time's up. God's kingdom is here. He was talking about his presence in the world. Change your life and believe. And so I have three little takeaways that I want us to think about as we bring this message to a close. Repentance involves a complete change of mind and heart and actions. It involves a complete change in the way that you see the world. And what you see as good and acceptable and perfect, and knowing that that word perfect has everything to do with our intentions and our motivations for living in relationship with God and God's people. Repentance recognizes that sin offends God. God can't have anything to do with sin, and it breaks his heart when we sin. But we cannot save ourselves. So he sent Jesus to die for our sins and remove that separation from us as far as the east is from the west. And as we looked last week, God actually forgets about that because he looks at us no longer through what we have done to damage our lives, our integrity, our spiritual selves. He looks at us through the love and the grace of Jesus like it's some kind of clear coat that protects us for eternity. And then committing to go according to God's word, God's will, and God's way. So like Katie from Mean Girls, if there is something in your life that you feel like has been holding you back from a true and a full expression of living life with integrity and persistence, time's up. Don't wait. Accept God's offer of salvation for you today for the forgiveness of sins. It is intensely and intimately personal. God knows the things in your heart and in your life and in your history that maybe no one else in the world knows. But even still, God would have come and sent Jesus to die for you just as he did for the entire world. And so all we have to do is accept God's offer of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. To believe in the message that that's all it is that we have to do to receive salvation. But once we receive it, it changes the way that we look at life, we see the world, and we commit to helping other people know that God is real, He loves us, and He has a plan and a purpose for every single life in this world. So as the band comes up and prepares to lead us in our final song this morning, the mercy of God, I want you to think about the mercy that has been made intensely and intimately personal on your behalf. To change the way that you see the world and to recognize that your salvation and transformation comes when you acknowledge your sinfulness When you seek to get made right with god knowing that it's all his action what he does for you and to commit to live differently as a result will you join me in prayer please loving and loving god i thank you for today and i thank you for this message of repentance to change our mind to change our mind about the way that we so oftentimes look at the world and our place in it it is true and we have to confess it god that we want the world to revolve around us And sometimes we go to pretty great lengths to try to make it do so. Forgive us for that. And help us to reorient our lives toward your word and your will and your way. Because Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin and death over us. And to change our mind about how much you love us and want to forgive us and set us apart to live differently in the world. And so for the business that might be getting done right this moment in someone's heart and mind and life, I know, Almighty God, that celebrations are breaking out in eternity. As the Scripture tells us, that when one person repents and turns to you, that celebrations do indeed break out in the heavens. And so, Lord God, whatever it is that we have that separates us from you, forgive us. Remove those barriers and divisions from us. And enable and empower us to live with a renewed sense of what is good and acceptable and perfect. To align our intentions and our motivations with your will and your way because of your word. Your son and our savior Jesus who came to show us the way back to you. Thank you, Lord God. And all God's people say, Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.